0: Welcome to the podcast. Join Nate and Mike, lifelong friends, as they discuss stocks and investing. The name says it all. This, this is, is Two Buds, buds Talk stocks. stocks. All opinions expressed by Nate and Mike are their own. Please do not buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear.
1: Mike, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm... I've got some big news today. Ooh, big do tell. News. But I, I I'm gonna hold off for a minute. We can do a little, little back and forth talk and then I got I'll I'll drop my big news. Do you want me to start with the big news?
0: No, I like what you did there. I think in the biz, that's what they call a teaser, right? A teaser coming right up. <laughs> yes. After the break. So I guess Jewish, I'll do
1: my I'll do my segue to the big news. All right, so All right. We we're going to tease the big news, but we're going to segue to the big news. But I hate Why? when people do that. Coming up, Aaron Rodgers coming <laughs> to Denver. First, words from these sponsors. Yeah, um, we ad reads, this would be the time for ad reads. So what I love about the market is that it doesn't equate to normal life, okay? You can't be talking crap about someone for 10 Ten months, ten years, whatever, and then invite them to your birthday party and pretend like everything's going well, right? Okay, yeah. you, you can't do that, or you can't be like, "Oh, Nate, I love you, you're awesome," and then I go on another podcast and then I just trash you for five minutes. I mean, technically, you can, but that's not how you're. That's not how you live life,
0: right? You don't do that to people. Okay? No, there's you some people that do that, but you and I don't do that. That's right. Yeah,
1: you can't be wishy-washy, right? In life, but <laughs> what I love with stocks. You can do whatever you want. I can tell you how I love a stock and then sell the stock, and really, you can just do whatever you want. Okay. Now, I don't know if we're going to piss off some, uh, upset some of our listeners because maybe I'm wishy-washy here, but I'm going to explain myself. Okay. I think what's great with investing is that you can change your, you can change your thought process anytime you want. We always say you can't be married to your stocks, right? Yes. I'm guessing you're,
0: you're, you, you've had a change of heart on a stock or how you guess. All right. So,
1: Hey, look, I got a good analogy. Even Bill Gates has Apple stock. Okay. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying there? Him, Steve jobs, they went head to head. He hates it like blah, blah, blah. They start their own companies. There's a big, huge fallout, but he at least acknowledges at some point, maybe I'm missing out on some opportunity. He owns probably, I don't know, 10 billion of apples. So divide that by two, he's divorced. So 5 billion an Apple. But the point is, is even he makes
0: mistakes and goes back to it now. Uh, well, this is the saying, a, uh, a rising tide lifts all boats, right? I mean, so yeah, competition's good, but the competition also helped Microsoft and Bill Gates. On the rising tide lifts all boats, I catch myself
1: using a lot of your sayings. <laughs> I like the one I uh, used it last week where it's like, okay, you're a billion dollars in debt. You make a billion,
0: you're still broke. <laughs> it's right. You just, you, uh, you got to make a billion dollars just to be broke. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Even, even me. So, and again, I don't know if people are going to be like, dude, episode, the last episode Blah, blah, blah. So I bought Netflix.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> only, anyone, how long have we been talking about this? Only for five years, finally. Well, I did the same right.
1: thing with, with Amazon a little bit. And uh, he, here's where I'm trying to find a good way for our podcast, because our podcast is fun, entertaining. And I'll explain to you two, three reasons why I bought Netflix. All right. Now, yeah. here's the whole point. For all those people that maybe are listening to this episode that haven't heard the previous one whatever for years Nate and I have been arguing why we don't like net why I don't like Netflix why he likes Netflix and so forth which is probably it's kind of like the analogy of like the uh, stock or those sports shows where it's like I think he's a great player I think he's not a great player well let's go yeah. at it and um, to me I'm a big, value person okay now i don't know how i need to insert this people just youtube google benjamin graham formula okay i'm not gonna bore everyone with walking through the thought i mean maybe i will a little bit but just if people are like wait what is this what is he doing just google benjamin graham
0: formula okay after you finish your netflix talk we're gonna circle back to ben graham Okay, do tell. I I love Netflix talk. So,
1: first of all, Ben Graham. Most people don't realize he was the professor in Warren Buffett's college. So Warren Buffett went to college, and then had Ben Graham there, and was like, "Oh wow, I like valuing stocks." And then here we go. I'd like to talk a little Buffett and his cohort. Munzer I've drawn a blank. Munzer, right?
0: Charlie Munger.
1: Munger. Munzer is from. Uh
0: Dude, it's uh, uh, don't tell me. I know this movie. It's uh, Munson King, Kingpin. He pulled the Kingpin. Munson. He <laughs> <Yeah>, Munsoned <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, Roy Munson, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I'm gonna bore everyone with my with my Netflix pick. So, I'm a big value guy, and essentially, there are two Graham formulas. Again, please Google it. And there's one that was a formula that was created in the 19 19- 30s for valuation. There was another formula that was put up to date. I do both formulas and then I actually divide by two. I, I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if people should do that or don't do that, but I do that. So I do the old one. I do the new one. You get two numbers, you divide by two. Netflix is valued at $1,000 a share. Netflix was off of a 52-week um, high, 20% low Psychologically, I got it in the fours, even though it's four ninety nine. I'm not the fives, and it's valued at six thirty. So I took a thousand plus the six thirty divided by two, and I bought Netflix. Now, well, go bravo!
0: Ahead. Congra- Congratulations. So, um, let me add this here for for the listeners because uh, I think I can uh, summa- summarize this which how you came to making your Netflix purchase. Okay. So we're talking, we're talking, Ben Graham, the uh, the Godfather of of value investing, and the tenets of value investing is that you're you're buying a dollar for fifty cents. You're you're getting value, you're getting something for for less than its its intrinsic value. So what Mike's saying here is that there's a formula where you can take the growth potential, you can take future earnings, and then you can take a rate of return. That's, that's constant. In this case, we use corporate bonds that have a a AAA rating. That's the the highest quality of the bonds. From this formula, you can guesstimate the intrinsic value of a company should be. So in this just case, value. Forget <laughs> the
1: intrinsic, just value.
0: Yes, and ideally, what Graham also wants is what he called it was a margin of safety. And now his margin of safety was super deep. He wanted to get something at two thirds or less than two thirds. So again, if we're using a $1 example, he wanted to buy a dollar for for 33 cents. It's hard to do that in today's, today's market. So it's really the only companies that you would find that are probably companies that are going to zero anyways, or just old school companies like oil, energy, coal. But what Mike found when he did the Netflix numbers is that if he bought it at, uh, we'll just round up and say 500, I like what you did here. You found it something that still has value. Proceed.
1: Well, and we are not paid by this company, but we will be soon because I've been like selling it like crazy. And fin this <laughs> F I N V I Z. Once you guys get, again, I'm, I'm going to go basic, basic. Okay. YouTube is great. I love YouTube that you can actually Google loans that most people know that, but maybe some don't. YouTube teaches me how to change my sprinkler heads, how to change a light bulb, how to calculate valuation of stocks, okay? Now, again, basic, basic, when you go to finviz.com, thinviz.com, all the numbers that you need to do the calculation, so like if let's say you want to figure out an algebra calculation, A plus B equals C or whatever, you know, I was bad at trigonometry. But anyway, if you want to, you, you go to YouTube, you see the gram formula, you go to FinViz, all the numbers right there. You All you have to do is input two numbers and they're right there on the website. So you could really, once you get a hang of it, it's like anything in life, you could actually look up the valuation of 1015 stocks mm-hmm. now again long thing for 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 uh, Netflix which I'd still like to explain how I bought it this started where we were dissecting the best Kagers which is compounded annual rate growth rate in the last 15 years and we were kind of talking about metafast and I did the value calculation to me it's doing the value calculation of MetaFast with a dividend, no debt. They were valued super high and they, 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 they had both gram tests on it. And because of that, I purchased MetaFast. Okay. Now we're going to talk about that later. Forget about that. But I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, I love MetaFast. And I'm looking at that Kager list, which you and I have spoken about, Feel free to look at previous episodes where we go over the list of the best Kagers which is um, compounded annual growth rate in the last 15 years. Look at the last three episodes. We're, we're talking about it. Yeah.
0: We'll get to some more this episode too.
1: And, I, and I'm looking at the list and I go to that and I, and I'm staring at the list and I know we talked about all these different companies like, uh, booking and all these different sites and so forth. And I keep looking at that number one company, which is Netflix. Mm -hmm. And I keep looking at that and I keep kind of mumbling to myself like, (laughs) and I start realizing like, all right, this is what I love about investing. You can just, and this can work both ways, just because you've been negative on a stock for years, doesn't mean that you have to stick to your guns, you know, companies change, CEO changes uh, because here's the thing, the value test I did with Netflix five years ago, it wasn't there because they weren't churning tons and tons of money like they are today. Now they do have some debt. Reed Hastings, why don't you take a little bit of a pay cut? Come on, take a dollar. You know, when CEOs do that, like I'm going to get a dollar. I'm like, come on, Reed, you, you can't take a dollar, pay off some of that debt. But besides the point, it to me, and this is why I always tell people this that I'm never going to be the guy that bought Amazon at $10 and it's trading at $1,300 a share. That's never going to happen. I'm never going to be the guy that, you know, bought PayPal at 45 cents or $2 and now it's trading at 200 because for me to buy a stock, I need to make sure there's a value there. And it's okay if people want to, you know, strike big and, and have 30 times uh, uh, averages and all that stuff, but that will never be me. For me, I have to make sure, and I'm sure I've lost out on gains, I want to see a track record of what they've done the last five years, what the track record is going to be the next five years, or past five years, and the next five years. To me, you know, what you've done the last five years is a good indication of what you're going to do the next five years. That's why I've missed on a lot of gains, but I don't have a lot of losers. So, I'm sitting there, I'm jealous about the Netflix. I did all this research on MetaFast, tons and hours of research, and I decided to do the same research on Netflix. And not because of you, (laughs) because I did my own research. I see the valuation and I have the gut of just Netflix and chill, the verbs we talk about. I use the money from when I sold Exxon that you guys have heard on the pod before. I put that into Metafast and Netflix, and I left some left over for dollar cost averaging on some of my stocks that I already own. All right,
0: so let me ask let me ask you this. Um, I think this is a good uh, segue here to investment styles too. You and I have very, very different uh, investment styles. I um, I do very little valuation on on stocks. There's a few metrics I look at, one of them being um, debt. I like to see companies with not necessarily no debt, but at least the debt's manageable. So in the case of Netflix, um, the debt's manageable. I think they still have a lever that they can pull, maybe not regularly, but there's always the option to raise it price off at any time. Yeah, they can, they can raise prices. They can issue. I mean, when the stock uh, rebounds goes up, they can issue new shares to raise money. Um, Ultimately, I hope that uh, Reed Hastings and Netflix never do this, but um, the one that would really uh, generate uh, more revenue is just showing ads, but I actually like that they don't do that. But I mean, um, I, I think that they've based their company on couple of things right releasing all episodes at one time not having to wait week to week and not doing ads so i think they're adamant about doing that and uh, i don't i don't think they i hope they never will anyways but i mean you could only imagine the type of money is if they went to a lower subscription based model that 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 had ads but uh i'm getting off point here but what i was ultimately saying is that those are some of the the metrics i look at is just uh debt no debt manageable debt is the company growing things like P E ratio for companies that are growing when you're there's not necessarily always earnings, but if you see the revenue growing, if you see that the debt is low is manageable. Um, and again, I really like the idea of um, companies that are verbs. And uh, I can't take credit for this guy. Uh, David Gardner said the snap test. If you just think of companies in terms of, if you snapped your finger in the company like Thanos did with uh, in the the marvel movies right and and this company was wiped out would it really make make a difference would people notice it right would your daily life change so there's some really good easy examples you snap your fingers and amazon's gone you're going to notice you snap your fingers walmart's gone you're going to notice mcdonald's whatever um netflix debatable there's a lot of streaming things but i personally think people would would notice so you do things like valuation and you like to see um Cash flow. I mean, Netflix is to the point where they're they're making free cash flow, and they can decide to uh, reinvest that in new content, pay down debt. Maybe eventually they get to the point where they pay dividends somewhere down the line. I'm not so much worried about those things as others. Just do I see that it is going to be part of our our daily lives, and once something is part of our daily lives, those habits are really really hard to change. So I think what ultimately what I was saying with this is that this is probably always going to be a huge difference in, in how we invest into your to what you were saying right is that you may leave gains on the table right because those Netflix was volatile and still is volatile i mean it's had multiple 50 plus percent drawdowns and if as an investor some people are not willing to to stomach those losses there's no reason that you have to put your money in there. You can wait till it's a more established company. The thesis can always change. I, on the other hand, have a higher risk for volatility like that. And I'm willing to ride those, those ups and downs. So may get higher returns overall, but there's still a lot more volatility. So I think this speaks to the whole idea of know thyself. If you're going to lose sleep over the possibility of, of, of a company that you hold that can, that can drop 50 plus percent, then then maybe that's not the company and maybe there's a different one or maybe there's another time where it is valued differently and the thesis has changed. And then you can look at that kind of like what you did with Netflix. So long way of just saying, bravo. I think Netflix still has a lot of room to grow and you're a part owner. Welcome to the club.
1: Well, and here's the thing though, is that 95% of all the stocks I buy, again, I've missed out. There's one person that doesn't like Netflix and that's my dog. He's driving <laughs> crazy. I'm gonna let it outside the my room. So hang on. It did not like its uh, quarterly earnings when uh, all the subscriber growth. But my 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 getting back on track here is that ninety-nine percent and that's why I always tell people, like, you know, you might have been buying Netflix at ninety-eight. I never would have because the valuation wasn't gonna be there. Maybe you're buying it at 120, 320, and you might have been done better than I'm doing. But statistically, when I buy these stocks, when I see the valuation, yeah, did I quote unquote miss the boat, but I didn't miss the cruise ship? Okay. right? I I maybe okay. missed the tiny the, the boat, but I didn't miss the huge picture. But let me give you a quick story. I did this with Home Depot, it killed. I did it with Apple, it crushed, I did it with Amazon. Great results. I can go on and on and on there was a stock. I did the gram f- formulation. Um, they were valued at negative $350 a share. And normally I wouldn't have bought that, but I did it because I like to have 5% of my portfolio as pure speculation, maybe even less than that, 3%. And that was Pen Gaming. I bought Ken- Pen Gaming at 104 and now it's trading at $87 a share and I'm down Now here's the thing, but that's a
0: perfect example. That company doesn't uh, have real, any, any earnings yet to, to truly, to truly do a gram style valuation. Correct. And then we'll see, it'll be interesting to
1: see where in five years, four years, whatever, what Penn's trading at. It could be trading at a thousand dollars, or it could be trading at $63 a share. Now here's the
0: you remember when we talked about, um, it was one of the earlier episodes where I threw out some stats. It was a tweet. And uh, if we're smart, we would have put this up on the uh, Twitter page. But it was something, stats from the, um, the Super Bowl, from uh, online gambling mm-hmm. from a year ago. And I don't remember what the exact numbers were, but year over year, se- sequential growth uh, um, compared to casinos, compared to online gambling, it had more than something like tripled like that. And I think this is the type of thing that when you're talking about a company like Penn or DraftKings and what online gambling is going to be, and as it's legalized in more states, right now, it doesn't necessarily show up in the bottom line. But the growth, as far as just uh, the revenue that these companies are, are 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 making, is is just exponential. So that's a I mean between uh, how you and I value stuff, those are the type of things too that I will take into to account more so than than any actual true type of um, gram valuation.
1: Well and and well that's the thing is that's where I, I don't do gram on every stock. Mm-hmm. I, I have you have to have whether it's five, ten percent to your to your yeah, speculation to point, you have to have a um, a something you're comfortable with. And that's the thing when i bought pen and i did the valuation and knowing that it should be trading at negative 300 a share i'm buying it not on its numbers not on its value which again i do on most stocks the majority of the time the majority of the time it usually doesn't if it doesn't fail but i'm not buying which is kind of scary not buying on valuation not buying on growth not buying on p e ratios 12 you can i could throw a bunch of statistics at you they have tons of debt their numbers are awful. I'm now just doing it more of, they own Barstool Sports. They own Ameriprise Casinos. They own tons of racetracks, tons of casinos, tons of online gaming. I could go on and on and on. And the point is, is that you, it's okay to have a couple different strategies. But I'm just mm-hmm. saying, and I'm not trying to sell anyone on anything. The valuation strategy on Metafast, I bought it and now it's up 20% in a, in a week. I'm not saying you're going to get that every time. I didn't do any value. There is no valuation on PEN, and I'm down 20. percent I'm just trying to say something to think about. Well,
0: not only that, but you got in at a I mean a better price on Netflix than compared to a month ago or whatever, especially after right. having reported earnings. I mean, we talked about this too. Netflix, pretty much, they they live and die by their their subscriptions. Subscriptions, yeah. I mean, Which to me, this is what we
1: talk about. I always say crazy ex boyfriend ex girlfriend whatever you want to use that's what the street is wall street is you know they overreact so much and if you mm-hmm. believe in a company so netflix was supposed to get 10 billion subscribers and instead they got 9 billion 950 subscribers and then the stock tanks 15% that's
0: it's just overreacting it's not only overreacting but it's foolish to follow What that estimate is, because those estimates are based on Wall Street traders, hedge funds analysts. They're making their best guess on what information that Netflix has given them on the previous conference call from three months earlier. They ask all sorts of questions, like what do you expect? But here's the thing: as investors, this is where you and I and, and all our listeners have an advantage over Wall Street. We're not trying to make returns in the span of three months or three days or whatever it is. Yeah, we have forever. All the time in the world. And if I mean really any metric you should if you're gonna look at those type of things is go by with the company. they put out their own guidance. And again, I don't follow earnings that closely these days. I just not enough time but if a company puts out their own guidance look where they are in relationship what did Netflix put out as far as their their guess for subscription or for just revenue growth or for earnings were they on the high end or the low end or the miss? and that's really the metric if you're going to go that route is don't listen to like you said to Wall Street that is basically just can can change on a moment's notice but What did Reed Hastings say? Did he say it was a good quarter? He's like, this is what we're expecting. We front and loaded a million uh, customers this time last year. So we knew we weren't going to grow as much this year, but all those customers that we took a year ago, they're still paying their $20 a month and we're in good shape. We got all these new shows in the pipeline Our debts manageable. And it's just like,
1: that's that's that, that's like, yeah. And I'm just trying to reiterate your, your great point is that, um, you know, you can work both ways, Mm -hmm. you know, the point with Netflix is they didn't have as many subscribers, but the people that have already subscribing like myself and like you, I'm not canceling Netflix anytime soon. Okay. When I look at the bills and I'm like, don't need this, don't need that, Netflix doesn't appear to me. Like we talked about before, Facebook crushed their, they were supposed to get X amount of subscribers, new, whatever people you want to call it. And they crushed it and the stock was up 15%, which I'm an owner and I love it. But I'll tell you what. I can see people getting rid of Facebook in the future. Forget numbers, like we talked about last episode, more than people canceling Netflix and Netflix you pay money for. And so you, you, you kind of have to look at that. And now, I did want to make a point too, going back to, I did the valuation on Amazon, bought it, or excuse me, uh, net. well, I did that on net, Amazon too, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. I did on Netflix, I bought it. I did it on Metafast, small cap. Again, I bought small cap because I don't have as much small cap exposure. I have tons of large, tons of mid, tons of international. I need more small cap. That's why I bought small cap. And then awful valuation on Penn, but it's like I'm going with my gut. But we always talk about dollar cost average. DCA till I die, dollar cost average. Okay. I have $100 to dollar cost. I'm just telling you, Nate, I'm going to put it in Netflix. I like it. Put it in Amazon. I'm going to put it in MedFast. I'm going to put it in wherever. I'm not putting it in pen. You might disagree, but I've already, to me, wrote my risk in there, buying mm-hmm. that 104, trading at 89. I'm not going to dollar cost average that. And maybe you can disagree and say you want to throw more out there because they don't generate money. <laughs> They're valued at five, negative $300 a share or whatever. I'm not saying short or whatever. They, they have awful debt. They, no one's going to casinos now. There's still COVID, et cetera, et cetera. But the point I'm getting at is dollar cost average to you can't just blanket it. Just do what you're comfortable with as well, too. And there you go. I'm a fan of Netflix. So I don't know if I I, I, I rub people the wrong way because I was dogging them, not dogging them, but I wasn't a fan last episode. And here I am buying it. So,
0: well, I mean, I appreciate somebody that can uh, can change the thesis. I mean, this is we talk a little bit about uh, temperament and temperament is probably or I should say psychology is probably the most important thing when it comes to investing, is the mindset. And as is it's just <clears throat> it's human nature. I mean, you see something going down, and I don't know what the studies have shown, but it's like the the idea when something goes down and seeing red, it it hurts us more than when we see the green. And it's going up. Yeah. It's like when you see the green and going up, you're like, "Oh, that's what's supposed to do. It's supposed to. It feels good, but that's what it's supposed to." When it's down, and when you see red all over your uh, screen on your stocks, especially if there's no good reason, I mean, it's it just feels like Like this is not right. I want to. I want to sell. And this is the number one reason why why people have uh, problems. I mean, it's the simple adage buy low and, and and sell high, but a lot of people end up buying high and selling low. And that's not to say that a stock is ever at its highest or its lowest, but it just means that the point that they bought in at, it goes down, they get scared, they sell, they wait, good news happens. I mean, the cream rises to the crop, Uh, rises to the top over quarters, things are good. And it's just like, oh, this looks good again. Let me, let me buy now. And I buy it, at a higher price than it was before. And really, if you had just held the stock in the first place and if you still believed in it, you could have added on the way up or the way down, but it's very hard for people to do this. So one of the things we're trying to get across to the uh, to the listenership too is just, again, if you find, stum- the, find the thought of stomaching uh, a company going up or down wild swings, then again, nothing wrong with just a broad index fund, right? I mean, we just keep we keep harping on this too.
1: Well, and and I'm it happened. I'm guilty of it. This the last two weeks, it happened to me both ways. Mm-hmm. We talked about Metafast. We did the research. I saw the valuation in it for the reasons we talked about. I buy it at two twenty five. A week later, they it's up fifteen percent in one day. It crushes earnings. And I'm thinking, I actually know what I'm doing. Yeah. The next day, it's up another 5%. I'm up 20% in a week. And I'm thinking like, well, of course it's up because I know what I'm doing, blah, blah, yeah. dee- blah, 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 blah. I buy PEN at 104. It's down 20% in the in literally the two-week span that I bought Metafast. And with PEN, I'm like, what am I doing? I, 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 just, I should just sell it all put it in the, in my checking savings account. I can't stomach this. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm exaggerating here because you can't get too high. You can't get too low. It's gutter balls and strikes in life. Right. Uh, but, but the point is, is it still happens to me. And even when it's with Metafast, I got to calm down and say, all right, this is like a company that makes shakes. Take it easy. Okay. And then when it comes to Pen, it's like, take it easy you're in here for the long haul it's not going to be easy no one said
0: it was going to be easy you got to hang in there yeah i mean there's 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 nothing wrong with your porch too i mean um talking about when you bought netflix or when you bought amazon um still those companies i think are going to outperform broad indexes like the s p 500 and really if you're investing in individual stocks that which should be what your your goal is And again, if you can widen your time horizon and not think in terms of weeks, months, or just a couple of years, but we're talking actual decades, these companies will do well. And whether it goes up 20% after owning it for a week, which I've had just as well, or going down 20% after owning it for a few days. I mean, both of them actually I find are hard to deal with. A company that goes up that fast, that quick is still just like, oh, it's a new set. It's a new set of problems. Like, ooh, I didn't think it was going to do this as quickly. You ever get right. that? It's just like, it's like, I, this it is exactly I want 2%, 2%, yeah, just, 2%. Yeah. Cause then I start yeah. thinking it's like, it jumps up and it's going to come back down real quick. And then it's going to just uh, freak me out again. So this is why I, often I try to just dollar cost average. And especially in, in my stocks that, that have gone up. I mean, Uh, We use this saying before too. just water your flowers and and pull your weeds, right? So I very much like adding to my companies that have gone up and if it's gone down, but I still really believe in the company and the the thesis, then I will, I will put money in it too. But really one of the things that I've tried very hard to do is just change my psychology and um, it's actually been really challenging over this earning season. A lot of the, uh, the companies that I own, I mean. They did very well in in a pandemic right a good example is which ones let's talk um, a couple uh peloton Ooh,
1: zoom. they got
0: they're crushed this week so Tough week um yeah uh peloton zoom I mean these these are those are two right off the top of my head that you I, see
1: pelotons like uh they, not only tra- do they get crushed but then like they're recalling their uh two of the
0: two treadmills. of the treadmills Yeesh. yeah so this is a good example. I mean, both of these companies are probably 50% off of their highs. I mean, that's uh-huh. that's hard to, to stomach, even for me. So it's really a good test. Like 85,
1: of, like Peloton, not to cut you off, but I want to go back to those. A couple questions on Peloton, because you'll get your point out is that with Peloton, it's in the 80s. Yeah. I, I could have sworn I blinked and it was like 108.
0: So. um. Wait. What buy sell hold? What are you thinking? I'm I'm buying more. Uh everything. Ooh. So I have a I have uh basically these are these are all companies I still still believe in. Um and that's really the other thing that I'm trying to do is I haven't purchased any new stocks this year. I've just only been adding to two stocks that I already own. And I really like where I'm at in the sense that I have a, a well-rounded uh portfolio. So whether up or down, I'm going to continue to add to the hardest part for me is just picking which one. So I kind of, uh, recently Monday is my day to put, put, uh, put new money to work. And, uh, recently I've just been going with the actual approach since so much of my stuff has been down. It's just like, okay, what's the the biggest daily loser on that day? And just adding more to it. But as long as it's still companies that I believe in, I still, so you're a fan of Peloton. Yep. Still a fan of zoom.
1: Um, And then we talk about Zoom a little bit. What's your story on that?
0: So we've talked a little bit about this, but I feel that Zoom's in a tough spot because they have really high comparables, right? When you look at their previous quarters and looking back a year, everything is, is skewed in the sense that, especially with Zoom, I mean, it's everybody was working from home Nobody was traveling, so their growth was just astronomical. So a lot of things that analysts do is they compare it to the previous comp from 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 that from the same quarter a year ago. So this is the same problem that Netflix ran into. So a lot of that stuff is is front loaded. So their 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 growth doesn't look as good as it did a year ago. But one of my things is my thesis is I don't know what uh, travel looks like overall. But one of the things that I really think for sure has changed is business travel. I think people like you and I, we're going to go on family vacations. We're going to fly. So uh, discretionary spend with, with us is going to stay the same. But if you're a company and you're looking at the dollars and cents in your balance sheet, and you can send your top salesman to, I don't know, some some international destination, you fly in business class and it's a couple thousand dollars for a seat and then you put them up in a hotel and whatever else and you got your per diem for meals or you can just spend that $15 a month for that subscription and you know ultimately your top salespeople are still going to close or that you've done this for the past year without having the option to travel, right? Just because everything was shut down so you couldn't and your business is still functioning But now your margins look even better because your costs are lower, but your sales are still good. I just don't know what it's going to look like if companies are really going to go back to sending people and traveling, or if they're just going to say, this seems a lot more economical to to our bottom line. And my gut is telling me that this is going to change a lot of a lot of companies, the way they do business and traveling. And really, that's where that's where my thesis is. I mean, you and I did the podcast on Zoom. Um, my girlfriend uses Zoom all the time. Uh, all her coworkers use Zoom. My parents use Zoom. It's just, it's becoming, as we said, a verb. But it's super sticky. And again, with subscription models like that, just the same way we talk about Netflix, right? It's built to your card monthly. It's one of those things you can almost forget about too, right? So,
1: did you see what Jamie Diamond said today? <laughs>
0: Um, about, uh, who did you say something about crypto? Do you say something? No, he's
1: like, and I'm not, I'm just, it's just, you talking about zoom. He was like, I hate zoom. I'm canceling zoom. I'm done with zoom. I'm never doing zoom calls again. This is it. I'm we're over zoom. Like there's no more zoom meetings, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yikes, Jamie, like, what are you shorting zoom here? Take it easy. I mean,
0: it's a lot of people like an, uh, red." He, I mean, the annual letter for JP Morgan came out, I don't know, a few, few weeks ago or whatever. And I kept reading headlines where this is must read stuff for everybody. And it was a 37 page uh, report, annual report that he put out. And it's just like, I don't read any of those anyways, but 37 pages. But I just, I don't know if I, I mean, Jamie Dimon is, is much smarter than me, but I don't know if he necessarily knows everything about everything. I mean, it was only a few years ago that he was saying that cryptocurrency was a scam, but now he's looking to put uh, cryptocurrency products out and has this. So again, he can change his thesis, but, you know, take it a grain with salt too. I mean, I don't think he really knows what's going to happen to Zoom. But this is the great thing about the stock market too, is it's basically just one big, um, I don't know what the word is, it's just, one big debate, right? There's always somebody that's that's right and there's always somebody that's wrong, but maybe you're only right for so for so long and you're only wrong for so long. So ultimately it comes down to again doing your due diligence research and making a decision that you're comfortable with and not risking more than you're you're willing to lose, right? And holding on to companies for for a long time. I mean, no matter what people say and that's the thing too is that we're just as right and
1: just as wrong as you know, everyone else out there. So there's that 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 was my Netflix story.
0: Well, I'm glad that you're you're on board. Um I don't it, like I said it only took like 5 years of discussions. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I did the
1: valuation on Amazon uh valued at 6300
0: bucks. Yeah. See, this is really going back to that point. Regardless if if you got it in 5 years after me or now, it going forward, I still think that if it's, I don't know what it's at, 3,400, so 63 we'll just call it a, a double over the next five years or so. A 100% return over, we'll just use five year period because it's a nice round number. I think that return is going to be better than what the, the S&P does or, or, or the broad market. The Yeah, or, or the VTI, the total one. I mean, if you want even more diversification, but as a good example, even at a stock that's trading above $3,000 right now, don't scare it off by the actual share price. If it still can double in, a, in the span of five years, that's a really good return. It's a good, Kager.
1: So now I'm like at my house, I'm like, hey, hey, don't be sharing your life. Like, do you know a pet peeve of mine is? Late on me. The like, hey, can I have, can I have your password? <laughs> because usually I'm like, I get really upset about that because usually every password people want, I am owner of the company. Yeah. So it's like, can I have your Disney Plus password? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. It's, okay, you ready? Get a job, log <laughs> And then the password is, go use your own money. <laughs> but remember, there's a zero in money, okay? And yeah, it's like, uh, well, give it to me. I'm like, dude, I'm part owner of Disney. That's You're my- You're stealing money from me, okay? <laughs> that's They're my like, favorite All right, thing Just to do give too. me your
0: Netflix password. Whoa, are you kidding yeah. me? I need the $20 recurring subscription. So you pay that and then preferably put it on your MasterCard too. So yeah. I can double dip. Yeah.
1: And then they will be like, Hey, can you make me a protein shake?
0: No, I will not. <laughs> I want you to get the MetaFast shake. That's right. Yeah. You're going to party uh, tomorrow night. Make sure you get some Sam Adams. Good craft beer goes a long way.
1: Yeah. So there you go, buddy. Uh, art owner of, and then, but here's what I want to look back on. Mm-hmm. Is a couple episodes ago, I sold my Exxon. And yeah. This is what we talked about before. If Exxon, which is trading at 62, I got to move on. If it goes yeah, to. Yeah, stop looking back, man. Dumb. Well, it's on the ticker. It's on the bottom symbol. <laughs> like I'll watch, you know, CNBC or whatever. I'm like, stop. I want to send them an email. Could you please stop showing things that I sold already? But like, uh, you know, if it's trading at 150, I can live with that. If it's trading at. 32, it's going to be a hard, you know, tougher pill to swallow.
0: Here's but the point you're is find, you're going to find over yeah. time that Netflix and MetaFast, I think, are going to go up more. So every time you still see Exxon creeping up, you just remind yourself that over the long period of time, MetaFast and uh, Netflix are still going to outperform. Meta so itself. when
1: I sold XOM, Exxon, I've taken two thirds for, or a third for MetaFast, two thirds for Netflix. I got about a third left over, I'm going to use. So it'll be interesting to kind of see in a couple years. Mm -hmm. I I use this analogy and I'm trying to keep things PC for people, but there was a time where Easy e and Dr. Dre were like battling it out. Yeah. Wonder who was going to like outperform the other person. And that's kind of comparing Netflix to Blockbuster. Like, hey guys, I don't know, you know, like wonder what's going to happen. Now, the reason why Blockbuster failed is they just had too much toxic debt. That's why debt can ruin it. This is a good example. Blockbuster was the king of everything. Just go watch the documentary, the last Blockbuster in Netflix. (laughs) Um, Blockbuster was crushing it. Netflix was a small, tiny company, but Blockbuster had billions of dollars of toxic, wasted debt it couldn't get rid of. That's why it went under.
0: I watched that documentary it's a good one it was another podcast series business word that goes into that too but yeah exactly it i can't stress enough if you're looking at companies for to buy individual stocks the balance sheet understanding what how much debt they have and to reiterate last week right the same way that in our daily lives we all have expenses we have income coming in we have money going out and the key is to make sure that the uh, money going out doesn't uh, isn't more than the uh, the money coming in,
1: else well, you run into problems. The thing going back to balance sheet. I know we're throwing big words balance sheet value. You have something that we didn't have twenty years ago. Just Google how to read a balance sheet. Google's at your fingertips. I was looking between Google and Netflix, mm-hmm. and uh, I picked Netflix.
0: Yeah. Well. If you decide with that uh, that other third that's still le- left over, dollar cash average, or add another one in. If you got the, if you got Google, you would actually have the Fang, wouldn't you? You'd have the True Facebook, Fang,
1: Amazon, Apple, Apple
0: Netflix, Netflix, Google. Google. Oh, jeez. Um, look, I, I don't have the Fang because I'm not a, a Facebook. Uh, I don't own Facebook anymore. You have Ang. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's Mang because I have uh, I have Microsoft. You ever heard there's weird? So for all listeners, there's this acronym. It's 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 FANG. F A A N G. It's for Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google. And basically, these are the the tech darlings. There's a uh, an index, the Nasdaq, that is a um, it's a high concentration of tech uh, companies. And basically, those five companies make up. Uh, of of the top one hundred stocks in that in that uh, index, it's something ridiculous between those between those five. But I've heard there's people that make other ones too because they don't own one of them, so they change it. So some people uh, call it the MAGA, like, but not like Trump. It's like Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Apple, right? So they just keep changing it. The point is, you know, you could just own all of them and not worry about a uh, an acronym or anything like that.
1: My so, two favorites, we got watch. Which is Walmart, Amazon, Target, Costco, Home Depot.
0: is oh, a good one.
1: The one we made up. This is my teenager kid Vegas, which is VFC va- Vans. Then you've got E as in EA Sports. Mm-hmm. G, I'm going with um gis which is general mills with like pop tarts and fruit by the foot i think you should and go then, google
0: it should be google too right i mean aren't they going to use google and then we
1: got the apple and then we got spotify you're more shopify more spotify
0: i don't own either of those two yeah um spotify is a good one too i'm probably down a huge well send me a spotify
1: they were down 15 percent because what they didn't have instead of nine billion users they had 8.5 billion it's just it I, you got to be you gotta have to have steel when you see those numbers if anything sometimes when you see them have a huge decrease look at that as a buying
0: opportunity yeah I mean again yo I will add uh, to companies on the on the way up but I will also add them to them on the way down and that's one of the great things about dollar cost averaging it's just not looking at the price just putting money into into individual stocks or into, uh, an index and just continually do so.
1: Go ahead, Nate, you want to do a
0: little Buffett talk? Yeah. So you had, uh, you had mentioned, uh, wanting to talk, uh, Buffett and, uh, Munger. They just recently had their, uh, annual, uh, shareholder, uh, meeting. I don't actually know if it was in person or if it was virtual again, but I did read some, some highlights of it and I have some, uh, I have some thoughts about, uh, Buffett and, and Munger. I was um here's something I was actually looking at. Do you know if you had dollar cost averaged into um into uh Berkshire over the last 20 years? Class A or Class B? Either one. I mean they would I mean the B shares, it's like one fiftieth of, of the A shares, so they they trade pretty pretty close as far as the valuation but either one so you, if you dollar cost averaging that or into the VTI over the last 20 uh 20 years um broad index has outperformed berkshire and i i pretty so much you're that's
1: saying cuz you said VTI just for the listeners VTI is a vanguard fund that essentially mirrors the entire S&P or excuse me mirrors the entire market the S&P 500 is VOO and you're comparing it to
0: was it B R, Burke? I I follow. B, there's there's two different share classes. There's the A shares, and those trade at something like over four hundred thousand dollars per share. And then uh, Buffett created a second class of share that is valued at one fiftieth the amount of uh, of an A share is what it is what it is. And those are much. I remember more when the A's were
1: like. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just was saying. I remember when the A's were at like one hundred and fifty thousand.
0: Yeah. So I mean, that goes to tell you it goes up since then. But I, if you just dollar cast averaging again uh, on a weekly basis over the last uh, twenty years, uh, actually twenty one years because going back to two thousand, um, broad market is is outperformed uh, Berkshire. And for me, this really? is just based on my my time horizon. Overnight. By how much? Um, I think. It, uh, it was basically by about half a percent annually. So the Kager is about a half percent better on the, uh, on the broad market going back uh, 21 years. But then it's weird. I was looking at it each additional year as you get closer and closer to now, the gap is, is started to spread. So what I was going to extrapolate from that is just that the more recent you get, the lower performing Berkshire has been. The overall market, the further out, and this just got me thinking about the heyday of Buffett and and Berkshire. I mean, made a killing in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and then when you think about it, we start looking at this time frame, and then the 90s and in the mid, in the late to mid 90s is when the gap really starts closing with the performance of those two. If you were dollar cost averaging, and then by the 2000s, it's, it's kind of switched from that point on. Broad market has outperformed Berkshire, and I wonder. If that is basically with what we we're talking about earlier, there's never been more information available to do research, daily quotes up to the minute. You can trade around the clock, no commissions, online trading. And it's not to say that Buffett uh, has lost his touch, but the edge that he used to have by finding that hidden gem, by using the gram formula or whatever, and nobody knowing about it. And you don't hear anything about that company for three months until they actually report. But now up to the minute around the clock news, I don't, I don't think his edge is there. So I'm thinking that. Berkshire hey, I got, is, it. it's I got a freeze
1: gonna... on you, but go ahead. Um,
0: You're back. I was just going to say is just at the edge that, uh, that, that Buffett has now with around the clock information. I don't think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if from this point going forward, if just Berkshire is just very close to the overall market, maybe beats the market a little bit or underperforms the market a little bit, but I don't think it's going to crush the market like he did in his heyday leading up well, to the 80s. Well, people
1: forget that back in the day where you talk about you know, Yahoo Finance and Finviz and all this stuff, you used to actually have to look up a symbol in the paper. And then Mm -hmm. we keep talking balance sheet. You would have to mail a request. So you'd have to get out a letter, dear Mm Coca-Cola, can I please have your balance sheet? You'd have to mail it to Coca-Cola, pay for the stamp, get, have them mail the balance sheet to you, which, I mean, talk about, my, people might just throw in the towel. And I, yeah. I, like, I'm not a big Buffett guy because to me, his story of, I went into Dairy Queen and I liked their blizzards, so I bought it. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, okay, well, I mean, you know, I, all right. I, you know, and and I just, there's so many examples of it's Just to me, it's too diversified where I don't, you know, when you own Fruit of the Loom and you own Dairy Queen, and then I, I just... I don't know. I, and again, I, I hate to be morbid too. I just think that if, you know, he's 91, I think if he were to unfortunately die, that I, I think the stock would, would would have a huge impact right off the bat. Now you could say the same with Apple. What's his name died? Cook came, or, you know, uh, sorry, I'm drawing a blank on his Steve name. Steve Jobs. Jobs. Cook came in, did a great job. Stock's the, the highest it's ever been, you know, fantastic stuff. But I just... I love your analogy. I think it's fantastic. I, I don't know why I'm like uh, trying to, to, to mumble on while I, essentially I agree with you that I, I think when he was buying the railroads, buying up, you know, uh, shares of Wells Fargo, which he did sell a huge portion of, um, you know, buying up Orange Julius and buying up Fruit of the Loom and all these companies and railroads, you know, he probably had spent the time to do look at, do more research where, now you and I, we can spend five, 10, 15 minutes, which would have taken weeks and weeks to get that information 20 years ago.
0: So this also it circles back to so something I was talking about earlier about um, trying to find using using Graham's valuation formula. I mean, I still think it has a has a place in a um, to, to ballpark um, a rough estimate on uh, intrinsic value of a company. But when you really think about what, what Graham was doing. And then in turn Buffett since, uh, since Graham was his, his mentor was trying to find these deep, deep value discounts, right? A, a company that was trading way below its intrinsic value. A good example is um, they would look for companies that had more cash on the balance sheet than what it was trading for, right? So if you could unlock all the cash that was on that balance sheet and pay it out in the form of dividends or share buybacks, the, you would get a huge return on on your on your investment. So those are the type of, of values that that, that um, they were looking for. And there was a point in time where that was probably a lot easier to find. And especially like you were saying, when every three months was your only opportunity to get information on the uh, company, and you had to to call up the investor line, or you had to. Um, send in a, uh, a self-addressed uh, stamp to, to get that information. There's probably not a lot of people doing that today. Not doing that, but by the same token, and this is what um what I was saying, this is a, there's a book that uh, Morgan Housel has written. It's called The Psychology of Money. I, th- I think I, I highly recommend it. And he talks about this chapter that he has where he talks about how that basically Graham's way of investing, it probably just does not hold up today because if a company is valued that low, where where the book value is so sky high, it's probably for a reason. Again, we have so much information available to us. Mm-hmm. There's somebody that knows something. The company is probably on its way out the business, or again, that it's it's something like uh, oil or mining. Just that's not nearly. As uh, lucrative as it as it once was, so trying to find those those edges are super hard, and I think this is really what what Buffett and Munger are are struggling with uh, with now. Because I mean, again, they're just looking for values, and even in companies like Dairy Queen or Fruit of the Loom, it's whatever. Well, you could probably use
1: those. the analogy of sports betting, where twenty years ago you probably, if you were like a hardcore sports guy, you, you didn't know what now you can just go to ESPN.com. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you their away average, their home versus away versus that's cold good. weather. All that information is accessible. You didn't have that 25, 30 years ago. It's what well, on a quick note. It's funny. Cause I get people all the time. What stock should I buy? I'm like, just do a bunch of research. Here's what you do. Go to blah, blah, blah. All the things we've been talking mm-hmm. about. And they're like, that's going to take me like 15 minutes.
0: Just tell them to listen to the podcast. Just for like
1: listening to our podcast. Yeah. They're always like, I'm like, like, I just tell me what I want to just tell me a stock so I can just buy right now. I don't even have the five minutes to look up the financials.
0: (laughs) I mean, even if you did give them a, I don't know if they'd actually buy it either. I mean, that's probably should probably do a little recap here on how to actually set up a brokerage on one of these. I think that's the first step that probably uh, scares uh, scares people off. is just like, what what do I need to do to even open up a, a brokerage account? How do I put money in it? So,
1: on the next episode coming, coming up, yeah, our tease for the day. So, Nate, I think I liked your uh, your Buffett take, man. That was a good take. I think. Let's kind of wrap things up for today, and uh, it's what they say when working out. You always want to make sure to leave when you want to keep, when you could keep working out, so that your muscles want to keep an incentive to go back and hit the gym up. Yeah, and we got to do the same thing here today. I like it. Why don't you tell us how uh, people can meet, can uh, get a hold of us?
0: Yes, if you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us at Gmail two buds talk stocks, just the number two. If you want to reach us on social media, you can hit us up on uh, Twitter or give us a follow at Two Buds Talk Stocks. And every now and then, we even put up some pictures on the old Instagram. Same thing, Two Buds Talk Stocks. If you uh, like anything you heard, tell a friend. If you didn't like anything you heard, again, tell us. We'll see what we can do better. We're always looking to improve. We like the
1: feedback, too. Some of it's funnier than others. I love it. Yeah. Keep it coming.
0: All right. Well, we didn't get to any Kager talk, but we can always save that for next week when we uh, do a little uh, talk about setting up a brokerage. How about that? Sounds good, bud. Good talking with you. It's good talking to you. I'll talk to you soon, bud. Later.